Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today, we talk with three guests who have dedicated their lives to ministry by bringing others closer to Him, even when they couldn't see the way forward. Pastor Craig Grishel and husband and wife, author, and publisher team, Jack and Marsha Countryman. First up, we speak to New York Times bestselling author and pastor, Craig Groeschel. Recently, Craig released his newest book titled Hope in the Dark, Believing God is Good When Life is Not. For years, this book sat on Craig's computer, forgotten by its author. Craig had written the book for a friend going through a dark time, but when Craig's own faith was shaken to its core, he returned to the words he wrote for his grieving friend. When they brought him comfort, Craig decided to release the book to the world. Today, Craig tells us why asking questions of God can create a stronger relationship with Him and how we can endure the challenges we face without losing our faith. I'm Craig Rochelle, and I am uh, married to Amy. We've been married for 27 years. We have six kids and one grandkid. And uh, we started Life Church back in 1996, and uh, we're blessed to continue to lead Life Church today. I was born in Houston, Texas, and my dad was in retail, so he was transferred a lot. We moved all over southern Texas. Eventually, we went north of the Red River. He was transferred to Ardmore, Oklahoma, which is a little town best known for people that are driving from Oklahoma City down to Dallas. Ardmore is where they stopped to go to the bathroom. We did a lot of sports. I played baseball, soccer, tennis, football, ran track. I was kind of just raised in a regular good home and I'm really thankful for the family I had as a child. So my family went to church some when I was growing up, uh, Christmas and Easter for sure, and a few times in between. Uh, We believed in God, but Jesus wasn't um, a real part of our lives. In fact, the term that I ended up using later on in life is I said that we were Christian atheists. In other words, we believed in God, but we lived as if he didn't exist. I ended up going to college and uh, fell into a lot of kind of hard partying, I was uh, in a fraternity and played sports, and so we partied like crazy. And I started to hurt, and um, my sin caught up to me. And so when my fraternity got in a lot of trouble, uh, and they were gonna maybe kick us off campus, I was vice president, and I decided to start a Bible study, kind of as a public relations move, but more so because I was spiritually curious. It was in that Bible study, I started reading the Bible for the first time, and when I got to Ephesians chapter two, the lights came on when I recognized that you could be saved not by your works but by grace and so I went out all alone on a little softball field and knelt down and called out to Jesus the best I knew how didn't even know the right kind of prayer but I just prayed you know if you're there if you're real take all of my life and when I knelt down I was one person when I stood up I was a new creation the old was gone and Jesus had made me new you know when I was growing up uh, if you had any kind of faith doubts around the Christian community, you often felt like um, a lesser Christian, like you were failing in some way. And so I kind of always had the idea that I had to either deny my doubts or suppress my doubts. The longer I've walked with God, the more I realized that sometimes sincere doubts, they're not a weakness, they'll actually lead to more intimate faith with God. Uh, I used to think, you know, God would be disappointed with me for my doubts, but now when I look in scripture, um, especially in the Old Testament, there, there's an entire book of the Bible, Lamentations, about lamenting to God. David cried out and didn't understand why God wasn't doing what he thought God should do. Habakkuk um, literally was mad and disappointed with God. Jesus on the cross said, why, God, are you forsaking me? So now I, 
honestly believe that God is big enough to handle our doubts, um, may even embrace our questions. And so when we do doubt, instead of disconnecting and running from God, we can actually take our doubts, our questions, our hurts to God. And I believe we can grow stronger in our faith when we do. One of the first times that I really struggled with doubts as a Christian, believe it or not, was when I was in seminary. I had a New Testament professor that didn't have a high view of Scripture, which I know sounds weird to a lot of people, but some seminary professors don't. And so he was real critical of God's Word in the New Testament. And so I started to have doubts. If the Bible's not true, if I can't trust it, then is everything else not true as well? And I kind of had a moment of panic. My pastor helped walk me through it. Um, and told me to keep hanging on to God. And then thankfully, I read this book called Theological Crossfire. It was a debate between um, Pinnock and Brown, two theologians. One was had a conservative high view of God's word and the other one was more of a liberal view and they debated. To me, the one who believed in God's word was so convincing that it was almost like God was there with me. What's so meaningful to me today is that my um, trust in the authority of God's word isn't just blind, it's one that was strengthened through a season of doubt. And that's why I really encourage people, don't see your doubts as something negative that, that um, God won't allow. The truth is, on the other side of it, you can have a stronger and a more intimate faith in God. So the biggest struggle that our family's had in the last few years is uh, my daughter Mandy. We have six kids, and my second daughter Mandy was about to be married uh, and came down with mono. We, uh, we were really kind of crushed because we knew that would impact the honeymoon and such, but we thought she'll get over it, and she really didn't. Uh, weeks went by and then months went by. She recovered from mono, but her body never physically recovered. So we went to the best doctors and trying to get a diagnosis, and here we are two years and three months later, and she still um, hurts every single day. Um, it rocked us. And, you know, to be honest, I've had a lot of hard conversations with God. W one of the more meaningful things through this is even in our hurt, um, we've all been strengthened. Mandy uh, told me, I was, I was talking to her, and I said, you know, when God allowed this, she said, Dad, I, I, I don't choose to see it as God allowing. I, I choose to see that God chose me for this. And then she went on to explain how um, she had started a YouTube channel, which now has thousands and thousands of subscribers, and she talks to people who battle chronic illness. And here's a little 20-something-year-old girl now that's ministering to thousands of people who are hurting like she is. She said, God chose me because he could use me. Then I was saying, Mandy, I'm proud of the way you're enduring this. And she said, Daddy, I don't, I don't see it as enduring. That's like um, a passive response to something happening to you. She said, I'm choosing to embrace it. I believe that God is with me, that God is still good, and I'm using this time to try to bring glory to God. I'm not enduring, I'm embracing. And when she told me that, my whole perspective changed. We're not enduring this difficult time, we're embracing it. Kind of like James would say, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials because you know God is using it to mature you. We're not just enduring now, we're embracing. Inspired by his experience wrestling with his faith and witnessing his daughter's resilience, Craig released his new book, Hope in the Dark. This book is not for someone whose life is going great. If you're in the middle of being really blessed right now and everything's up and to the right, this book is not for you. This is a book for people that have real spiritual questions. 
maybe doubts. Uh, it's for someone who's wondering, uh, is God with me? Why is God allowing this? Uh, for those who've kind of hit that wall, that ceiling, this is a book, it's raw, it's honest, and I believe it will speak to people who are wrestling um, with the goodness of God when life is not good as they'd like. And the most amazing thing is the words that God had given me for someone else actually felt like words that God had for me. I cried all the way through it. It was that um, little document that I wrote for Adrian that became the basis for the book. And that's why, because it sat on my computer for years and years, it took longer um, marinating for the right time for it to speak to me and then for me to turn it into a book that hopefully will speak to a lot of people. The church that Greg pastors, Life Church, has a heart for connecting people with great resources that strengthen their relationships with God. In fact, Life Church created the Bible app, YouVersion, used by more than a third of a billion people. Craig talks about another effective resource he's seen Christians use to create a more intimate prayer life with God. You know, as a pastor, I'm always thankful for any great resource that strengthens people. And uh, Jesus Calling Daily Devotional is probably one of the top resources that I've had so many people talk about how it is completely um, revolutionized their spiritual life with God. Uh, the, the, the most common thing I hear is that it builds this real intimate faith in prayer. So many people find it uh, difficult to pray to God. They don't know how to pray. They don't know how to listen to God. And Jesus Calling takes people on a, on a real journey to where prayer is not something you do. It's, an, it's a conversation. Um, it's intimate. It's highly relational. And uh, I'm so thankful for all the lives that have been changed by the work of God, His Spirit, through Jesus Calling. There was a guy that um, introduced me one time and he said, I'm the most boring leader he knows. And the funny thing is I actually think he meant it as a compliment because what he was saying is, I literally am passionate about doing the same things over and over again. And what I found is over time that just being faithful in the small things, that eventually leads to more significant things. So I don't have a big significant goal, but what I have is a faithful goal. And I believe that faithfulness will lead to the significance. For more information about Craig's new book, Hope in the Dark, visit www.life.church. We'll be right back after a brief message about a free offer from Jesus Calling. Want a daily reminder that we can have hope, peace, and joy each day in Jesus? Now it's as easy as opening an email. The Jesus Calling Daily Email brings you a thought from the Jesus Calling family of devotionals every day. Brighten up your inbox with this little reminder and take a minute to connect with God during your day. To sign up to get your free daily thought from Jesus Calling, please visit jesuscalling.com slash daily dash email. That's jesuscalling.com slash daily dash email. Our next guests are husband and wife authors and publishing partners, Jack and Marsha Countryman. Jack and Marcia have been married for 52 years and have worked side-by-side side each day of their marriage. They talk about how they started their publishing company, Jay Countryman, at their kitchen table almost 40 years ago, not knowing what to expect or where God was going to lead them. They describe how they've been able to use their talents to connect millions of people to the promises of God when they're hurting, and how they've been able to keep their marriage strong after five decades, and why they've decided to keep going to work every day, even in their later years. 
Well, I'm Jack Countryman, and uh, I have the title of Publisher Emeritus here at uh, HarperCollins Christian Publishing. Uh, I've been with the company now for about 22 years, and uh, the Lord has blessed us beyond all measure. And uh, we have uh, had the privilege of being an author, about 35 books, and uh, my wife and I, Marcia, uh, are blessed to be able to spend time here and work here and and the fact that uh, someone still wants us at 88. You're the 88. <laughs> well, I'm Marcia Countryman and I'm Jack's right-hand woman, I would say, that we've worked together for 52 years in all that we do, no matter what type of work we were in, we did it together. I was born in South Bend, Washington. That's Willapaw Harbor. That's the oyster capital of the world. And uh, my father was a butter maker. And my mother was a housekeeper. And uh, I was 11 years old when we moved to Eugene, Oregon, where uh, we spent our lives until I went off to the war. And uh, I was quite an athlete. I, in high school, I received 11 letters. I played football, basketball, baseball, ran on the track team, and, and did all kinds of stuff. I was very fast, and so I was really blessed. And when I went on to college, uh, I couldn't stand it. I had to go out for the football team. And uh, I also ran on the track team. I just was drawn to it naturally, you know. Uh, I would, uh, my mother tried to get me to play the piano. And I come to find out I want to be out throwing the ball, catching the ball, doing things, and that didn't work out too well. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. I had a situation where my father was an alcoholic. My mother was a wonderful homemaker and kept our family together through thick and thin. My uh, outlet was dance, so I took tap and ballet, and, and I wanted to be a dance teacher when I graduated from high school. I was in the drill team, I was a majorette, and um, so I, my outward expression was through dance, because I was quiet and shy, basically, because of the alcoholism in our family. So that was a real struggle for me. And I turned to God, of course, and I was active in church and in Sunday school and went three times a week to church. And that was just my saving grace. I went in the health club business. And um, we were in Dallas, and I was a manager of a health club. And we were hiring uh, ladies, girls to work on the floor as an instructor and that sort of thing. And uh, lo and behold, Marcia shows up looking for a job. And so uh, I met her when she was riding on a bicycle. And I said to myself, my, she's pretty. So uh, later on, uh, we worked together. Uh, I was uh, a lecturer on the, the Dallas Morning News on finishing touches. And I needed uh, someone to help me with uh, instruction. So naturally, I asked Marcia to come help me. 
And so we worked that uh, together and uh, we would have coffee afterwards and we would talk and, and lo and behold, it led uh, to us uh, starting to go out together. Well, I was very impressed with him because he was an excellent salesman. I was kind of bowled over by his, you know, the way he was and, and how forceful he was. But then I saw a softer side to him, and um, that's what drew me to him, was just seeing his sensitive side and how he loved the Lord and how he wanted his life to go. We got married um, October 29th, 1965, and uh, it's been a joy ever since. After 13 years in the health club business, we decided to leave. And during that time, I really had a hunger to find out more what God has to say in His Word. And I was drawn to the living New Testament in living sound. And I said to myself, people don't read the Bible anymore. I wondered, I said, I wonder if they would give a license to that. Well, we were on vacation up in Eugene and uh, we went out to play golf with uh, Jack MacArthur, who was John MacArthur's father. And I started sharing with him about uh, the Living New Testament. And he said, well, you know, Jack, uh, I'm publishing with Tyndall House and I'll speak up for you. So lo and behold, they set a meeting, we went to meet them and uh, they ended up giving us the first license they ever gave to anyone. And we, on our kitchen table, in our little home, started our Living Scripture Company. And we were selling the Living New Testament and Living Sound. We went to Christian Radio and uh, KFMK in Houston, Texas. We got an ad with the dr dramatic presentation of the Word of God and uh, it exploded. And then we were invited out to show our stuff to Melody Land Christian Center in Anaheim, California. And uh, we offered our Living New Testament, Living Sound, and sold thousands. And we were in the Christian industry. Little did Jack and Marcia know, soon after they began selling the Living New Testament and Living Sound, they would arrive on a book idea for God's Promises, a topically arranged scripture book that would eventually reach more than 20 million people. Then in 1981, I was sitting in the living room of Roger McDuff, a gospel singer, and he mentioned a, he had a promise book. And I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, I think I could, I could do that. Because I was teaching single parents from the Bible. And I said, the God has the answer to everything. Just seek it, you'll find it. And that started us on our trip into the publishing business. God has promised you certain things and people wanted to find that, like what to do when you're discouraged, what to do when you're depressed, what to do when you're worried, what do you experiencing fear, what do you do when you need courage? And so, you know, everybody in this world is struggling with something. And God has the answer for everything. So we put it in a, in a form where they, we had 81 topics and uh, they would easily be able to find those topics, find that scripture, 
and find the answers that they're looking for to solve whatever problem they were facing. We uh, published that book in December of uh, 81. 81. And uh, it, uh, you know, we, we printed 11,000. I never will forget this. I mean, we sold 10,000. We went to the NRB, and there I met Harvey Warner, who was the business manager for Charles Stanley. And I showed him the book, and he said, let me show this to Charles. And he came back and said, we would like to order 3,000. I thought, oh, well, gee, that'd be nice. He said, we want 1,000 in June, 1,000 in July, and 1,000 in August. I thought, well, okay. And so what happened was, around May, we get a call from them. They'd advertise it in their In Touch magazine. And he called and said, how fast can you get 25,000 of these to us? He said, we got orders coming out our ears. So that year we sold them 55,000. We were in the publishing business. Our first project, of course, was God's Promises. And, and then a year and a half later, we came up with God's Answers. And then we had God's Gift for Mothers and God's Power for Fathers and, uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, always taking the Word of God and arranging scripture that are topically oriented to the needs of people. That was our secret. We always want to do the needs of people, fathers, mothers, but it just fit the needs of people in various categories and various situations that they were in. And um, nobody turned away from it. And we even, at one time, Jack went and met the Pope and showed the book to him. And that was quite a turning point for us also to be able to branch out and just reach whoever we could with the Word of God we sold to Thomas Nelson at the end of 1994, and uh, that opened up a whole new thing for us. Our premise was, I said, we're going to produce the most beautiful books with great content, good design, reasonably priced, which we did. And of course, the rest is just history. I received the Lifetime Achievement Award for 20 million God's promises being sold. And uh, it was the uh, uh, Kip Jordan Award that was given to someone who's done something exemplary for the, for the Lord. And uh, that was really a highlight. I, we went to meet and uh, gee, they were all kinds of uh, authors uh, were videoed to bring shower blessings upon me. and. Uh, that was really, really a highlight time. And uh, that year we were honored by the uh, state. I was received uh, an honor from the state of representatives and uh, from the mayor of, of, of Nashville. And uh, But that Kip Jordan Award, that was where Jack was voted on by his peers, which is what really blew us away because all these publishers that we had been in competition with all those years. <laughs> so we were just in awe of all these awards that came to us that particular yeah. year, especially without us doing anything or reaching out to anybody or anything. We were just the, the recipients of yeah, we were all blessed. those blessings, yes.
Because they've authored dozens of devotionals, Jack and Marsha place great importance on spending time with God every day. They talk about why they've enjoyed the Jesus Calling devotionals and why the writings of Jesus Calling author Sarah Young inspire them. You know, I'm 88, and I would say that spending time in the Word has become an absolute with me, with us. So we bathe ourselves in the Word of God every morning without fail because we feel like the Lord is touching us and He's changed us. It doesn't take long to do that. You know, it's not a laborious thing. We don't spend an hour in the morning at the breakfast table. We just do our devotionals. We have been reading Jesus Calling for 10 years. I read the left-hand page. Mm -hmm. She reads the right-hand page. Out loud to each other. You know, out loud to each other every morning. And I will say, she has a way of bringing God's Word in first person. People want to know exactly what God has to say to them. And that is such a wonderful thing. And uh, I, I have found that uh, she really touches me every day. We're now into Jesus always. We really, really like it. And the fact that she uses scripture right. to emphasize what she's saying all out through the daily devotional. And, and then we, the large editions has the scriptures written out right. so you can digest the scripture as long as getting blessed from the words that uh, she has written. No matter where we are, we, and we take the books with us wherever we travel so that we don't miss a day because it's very important for us to start our day like that and um, it gives a richer meaning to our relationship to each other, as well as a richer meaning to us and with other people that we come in contact with. I found the secret to a marriage is to lift your partner up at all times. Listen to her, respect her, have no secrets from her because she is your helpmate and God has given her to you to bless your life. And she blesses me every day. I've learned to listen to my wife and uh, she's number one in my life. I did have to learn to speak up for myself because he's such a dynamic person and aggressive and charging ahead. And um, so for many years, I was very shy and quiet and I didn't even want to pray with him because I was intimidated. And he could stand in front of anybody and he could pray beautiful prayers and all this. And I was much more quiet with the way that I did my prayer time and prayer life. But um, God just made a way for us to realize the strengths in each other and to care about the other person more than we do ourselves. So now we pray together every day and we pray together all the time, but um, we just, we have a very real respect for one another. And we had a lot of, a lot of hard knocks that we worked through, but 
here we are, 52 years later. If you give yourself to the Lord, you cannot give him. He will bless you immensely. We have found that in our togetherness, that we have been so blessed and so honored and so feelings of, of great security in our relationship with the Lord. And it, is, it has helped us in our relationship with each other. We have a triune marriage with God in the middle. And that has been so important for us. And I'm so thankful we discovered that many years ago because we, it's just built and we have a bond that cannot be broken. Jack and Marcia have written their first 365-day devotional called God's Wisdom and Promises, which is filled with scriptures of God's assurances for His people. Jack and Marcia encourage us all that it is never too late to answer your calling and contribute in a meaningful way to the world. There are 7,000 promises in the Bible. We chose 365 that would be an encouragement and an uplifting someone. So we've had inspirational thoughts to go with the scripture so someone would understand what this verse really meant and how it would bless their life. And if you choose to, to read it on a daily basis, how you will be drawn closer to the Lord, how you'll be blessed by what the God has to say. And uh, we're really excited about the opportunity that we're gonna have with it. I've offered 35 books and I probably have a couple more in my and my quiver, and uh, so I just feel like that, hey, I couldn't play golf every day, although I love to play golf, and that would be boring. Retirement's not in the Bible. And uh, I'm an old athlete, and my prayer to the Lord is, Lord, don't put me on the bench. Keep me in the game. I have found, and we have found, that uh, we're still excited about being involved in publishing. I'm 88 and she's 76 and, and we, I, I don't even think about retirement because you see, I've, learned, I've made all the mistakes that a person can make. I've had most of the success that a person can have. I know the difference between the two. And therefore, I've, I feel like I've, I've been blessed and I have something still to offer. My whole emphasis to everybody I talk to is, put the Lord first in your life. Let the Lord guide you. Let the Lord speak to you. Make the right choice. You know, the choices we make determine the person that we become. And therefore, you need to make choices that honor God in everything you do and everything you say. I'm much more at peace today than I have ever been. I'm much more confident in God than I've ever been. And I really, really love him with all of my heart. And I just think that uh, if you'll choose, you see, it takes discipline. Discipline and a choice. We could choose to do other things, but if you have the discipline to get into the Word every day, and if you make your choice to let the Lord bless you every day, He will. That's the secret, I think, in life. 
Jack and Marsha's latest devotional book, God's Wisdom and Promises, is available wherever books are sold. God promises to use us when we trust Him, even when we can't see the way forward. And by spending time with God, we allow ourselves to be comforted by His healing presence. We hear these truths echoed in the May 15th entry of the Jesus Calling audiobook. Spending time alone with me is essential for your well-being. It is not a luxury or an option. It is a necessity. Therefore, do not feel guilty about taking time to be with me. Remember that Satan is the accuser of believers. He delights in heaping guilt feelings upon you, especially when you are enjoying my presence. When you feel Satan's arrows of accusation, you are probably on the right track. Use your shield of faith to protect yourself from him. Talk with me about what you are experiencing and ask me to show you the way forward. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to me and I will come near to you. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we visit with up-and-coming country music star Ray Lynn. Ray Lynn believes in the power of music to tell stories and to help others who are struggling feel they are not alone. After she was a contestant on NBC's The Voice in 2012, Ray Lynn saw her career take off and tells us how she stayed grounded through that experience. The first time I sang, like they, pl- they played my audition right after the Super Bowl. There was 13 million people that were watching that episode. Like, it was just nuts. It was like overnight, completely just crazy. And the only thing that got me through was the peace of the Lord. Do you love hearing great stories of faith each week via the Jesus Calling podcast? We want to hear from you. If you haven't already subscribed to the Jesus Calling podcast, visit the Jesus Calling page at iTunes.com and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a review and tell us how you feel about the show and what future guests you'd love to see. Your reviews and subscription help us share these stories of faith to more people who need the hope and encouragement of Jesus Calling. If you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.